0: everyone, and thank you for joining us tonight. Welcome to a special edition of the Bubble Lounge Podcast. I'm Martha Jackson. We're your Neighborhood Podcast, and we started three years ago to introduce you to neighbors, uh, bring resources to you to make your life easier, and to uh, support local businesses. So speaking of neighbors, I have two neighbors I want to introduce you tonight who are running for the Highland Park Independent School District School Board. The candidates for place five are Ellen Lee and Spencer Cena. Election day is May 7th, and we wanted to give you an option of being able to meet the candidates in a more casual environment. I'm gonna ask the candidates a series of questions and we're gonna alternate between the two of who answers first. And we're gonna get a one minute warning and a chat that the four of us can see. And so we're gonna go from there. Well, um, our producer will be monitoring and he'll give us that, that chat. First, we have Spencer Sino. Spencer, can you introduce us to yourself and tell us a little bit about your background as far as your volunteer work at the schools, how many kids you have in the school district, and your work background?
1: Okay. Well, yes, my name is Spencer Sino. I have uh, four children. Andrew is 15 in ninth grade. Mary is 13 in the eighth grade. And George and Spencer are both 12 they They're sixth graders. Um, we uh, at the end of last year, we actually moved our children to Cambridge. They were all enrolled in the, in the district before then. Um, and uh, I am the CEO of Jet Insurance Company. Um, as the name implies, it's an insurance company uh, that that focuses on surety bonds. Uh, we we issue surety bonds for businesses all across the country. Um, and uh, you know that's that's been a business I've been in since I left Wall Street in uh, two thousand six. Um, and um, you asked about volunteerism as well, correct? Yes. Yeah. So um, I've, um, you know, I always have a great time participating with my children. I think the number one thing that I've done, uh, you know, with the community or the the bulk of my time has been as a coach. Um, I I love coaching basketball. Um, I I coach my boys in football, um, baseball, um, and, uh, and of course, you know, leading their Bible studies. Um, And, um, and then you know, participating in the Dags Club activities and the um, uh, uh, and 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 the cafeteria duty and things all on those lines.
0: Ellen, can you introduce yourself and tell us about your volunteer work in the school system? How many kids you have in the district and your background and work?
2: You bet. Um, so I was born and raised here. I graduated from the high school in 1992. My husband Paul was also born and raised here. He graduated in '94. Uh, My mom graduated in 1958, so we go all the way back to 1958, and then we've got a niece who's a first grader currently, so we've got three generations, and I think something like 26 Scotties in there, Um, and in terms of my involvement with the district, when my kids were little, it was a lot of things that Spencer mentioned, cafeteria, classroom, field trips, that sort of thing, Uh, but in my children's later years, uh, we spent five years in Austin um, from 2011 to 2016, And when we came back and my oldest was starting in high school, um, I kind of restarted that that level of involvement. Um, One that I participated in was the 2019 Rezoning Committee uh, when we added Boone as a fifth elementary school and needed to redraw the lines for attendance zones. I loved that process. It was very collaborative and transparent, a good mix of community members and um, district personnel. Um, I also participated in the Golden Pennies campaign. Um, our teachers are beloved and paying them is a constant challenge. And I was glad that we could um, take advantage of the golden pennies and tax revenue that's not recapturable by the state to help boost teacher pay. Uh, and then the one that is probably closest to my heart because it is, was has been the best use of my gifts and talents um, has been at the high school serving on literature review committees as a new book is recommended um, at the high school to be added to a grade level Um, English course. And I've done that three times each time with a dozen parents. And it has been a great process of um, just examining books and whether or not they are a good fit for our students. Um, I can tell you that not a single time that I reviewed a book did any of them deal with any of the kind of hot topic issues of the day that people are so concerned about. Never encountered CRT, never encountered anything that was inappropriate from a gender content standpoint. And it was a great process. So I've loved serving in our schools and in our district. Ellen, what do you think are the biggest strengths of HPISD in our school community? For sure, the fact that it's multi-generational, uh, just having grandparents uh, who are involved and invested in the community is a big one. Um, and then I also think that um, just that we have parents who very generously give their time and talents to the district, whether it's through PTAs or dad's clubs serving in classrooms, the parent involvement in our district is really unparalleled. Um, And then finally, that that families and teachers really commit to this district for the long haul. We have great stability in this district in terms of the presence of families and educators. Spencer, what do you feel like are the biggest strengths of HPISD in our school
0: community?
1: Thank you. Um, I think the the district is frankly the best in the country. That's why we chose this district out of anywhere in uh, in the country We moved our family here in 2014. And um, I continue to believe it's the best district in the country. Now I separate the district from the administration, um, and you know where I where I have seen some issues. But in the district, what we have are people with phenomenal values, and that's number one. It's 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 us uh, is is really what the district is. All of the residents that live here, and um, I think the district's dynamic. Uh, we do have multi generational, as as Ellen mentioned, and we also have you know new people moving in. Um, and, uh, and, and I think the district is also our land and the layout of our community. Um, one of the things I really love is that all of the elementary schools are pretty much most people can walk to them um, from where they live. And then um, they all feed up into one middle school and one high school. I think that makes our district very manageable and I think it makes it very cohesive. Um, and I think that, you know, having the Highland Park Village right, you know, you know right in the middle of, uh, you, know, you know, near Bradfield and Snyder Plaza and Inwood Village, I think the social aspect, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't leave the bubble very often um, when I want to go out to dinner and see friends. So um, I think there's a great level of cohesion in this district, um, but certainly I think the values there are of the people and the aspirations they have for their children, and you see that in the parental involvement. Um, the, the parents are willing to be involved, whether that's at home, helping with homework or, um, or volunteering within the schools. Um, and, and frankly, you know, lately, unfortunately paying for private tutors, the parents here are willing to get it done. And that's what it takes. It takes the people to get this done.
0: Spencer, based on your involvement in the schools, what do you feel like is your biggest contribution? It can be things like working with the PTA, booster clubs, volunteer work, anything like that.
1: Okay. Yeah, like I mentioned, I spent the bulk of my time in in volunteering and coaching youth sports, and I enjoy, frankly, any participation I get in my children's lives. Um, But uh, but and 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 then of course, um, uh, leading Bible studies is also something I value uh, and I treasure. um, You know, within with with the children in the community. Um, But I think um, I I don't really view my um, uh, school volunteerism. As as something that uh, that really drives my decision to, to run for the board, I don't really view that as a, as a resume builder. Um, I you know, in fact, I, you know, I really haven't taken the traditional path to the board of serving on the right committees, um, precisely because our administration has so corrupted the committee process, and that's one of the main reasons I'm running is the, is, is the level to which the administrations had undue influence, rather than working for us you know, they, they think that we should be serving them. And, um, you know, through, through the way they do that is through, I think a very cynical strategy of stacking the committees with administrators and stacking the rules such that the process leads to a predetermined outcome that the, that the administration wanted. Um, and so I think that to the extent I have, um, uh, learn something from volunteerism. It's the research and the knowledge of these processes and the machine behind it, and what we as board trustees can do about that to change this dynamic. Because people like Ellen and people like so many people in our community want to be able to uh, to, to contribute to the school and use their 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 time and their talent in addition to their treasure to uh, uh, to to make the school a better place. And, um, and I think it's a real shame what the administration's done with that process. And I'm, I'm very much looking forward to reorienting that process so that, the, so that when the parents contribute, their input is, um, is valued and, um, and utilized.
0: Ellen, based on your involvement in the school, what do you feel like is your most important contribution?
2: You know, that really is a tie between that boundary redistricting committee and the literature review process at the high school. Um, both of those were things that I raised my hand for. I wasn't recruited for. Uh, the boundary redistricting committee, I felt like I could add value there because of our time in Lake Travis ISD. Uh, we had a walkable elementary school and a middle school that was eight miles from home there. So I, I really felt like um, my knowledge of the community combined with having lived somewhere else for a while was um, great added value. And I do think it was. I think that process of collaborating Um, with community members in a really transparent process that community members could come and sit in the Boone cafeteria and watch us deliberate and spread out maps and do all of that. Um, And so I'm really proud of that process. And then with the literature review at the high school, again, it was I raised my hand because I love books. Um, As a certified English teacher, I had value to add there. And each of those Each of those iterations of that process was really fulfilling um, because of the assortment of parents that were collected to do that, that all wanted to be there because it was a passion of theirs.
0: Ellen, what would your supporters say is your biggest weakness?
2: That I am small and quiet. I'm five foot two and my voice doesn't really carry. Um, So if if they were going to say that I have a weakness, that's probably it. But um, I'm I'm stubborn and steadfast. And so I think that, um, that I overcome those quite well.
0: Spencer, what would your supporters say are your biggest weakness?
1: Um, I think my biggest weakness, uh, or at least I'm not sure what they say, um, they probably want me to keep things more brief. So I've been working on that in, in, in this meeting, um, for Facebook live. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I certainly can tend to ramble on. Like I said, I've, I've done, um, untold amount of research on, um, on on what's been going on in our district, what's been happening in education around the country, and within the state of Texas, and um, so I can tend to uh, take a coffee that's supposed that, that's scheduled for 45 minutes and go on for two and a half hours. So uh, you know, certainly I can uh, uh, probably stand to control my uh, uh, my my duration of my talks. I don't have a problem when it comes to volume. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I tend to be too loud, if anything.
0: Spencer, what do you believe is the most immediate needs at HPISD and what solution do you have to propose?
1: Well, the most immediate needs centers around the um, uh, the academic rigor in our schools and, and the decline in our academic rigor. That's just absolutely unacceptable. And so um, the, the, the immediate need and where that's coming from, I guess, before we can assess the immediate need, we have to ask ourselves, why, why would that be the case? Why would it be the case in a district that we just discussed is, is the best in the country and it absolutely is? How could it be that, that academic uh, standards could decline? And um, first, you have to be able to diagnose that research that, you know, what I found is that this is a problem that's nationwide. And it's a problem because the administrators are coming in from an educational leadership background, where they're taught things like, uh, including a tremendous, always leaning toward educational technology in lieu of teachers, um, devaluing the teachers, creating administrative bureaucracies, um, you know, things like, you know, a Lucy Hawkins. Lucy Hawkins is a legend in educational leadership circles. Um, they didn't want to let go of that. Okay, but and and there are plenty of other core pieces of curriculum, experimental curriculum that they can that, that they can replace it with. So what I've looked at, and I could go on and on, like I said about this, far longer than three minutes. But what I felt was the uh, solution to that was to have a change at the top. I really think that we, um, you know, I have nothing personally, uh, no no personal animus toward uh, Tom Trigg. Um, but as a doctor of educational leadership, I think he does come with, armed with theories like critical race theory and, and, and gender theories. And um, frankly, just an overall educational philosophy um, that, that runs counter to the aspirations of the parents of this community. And, and that's why I'm running, because I didn't find that anyone was willing to step up and, and publicly state that, that they were willing to make a change. And as a leader, um, it does require the courage to do that and we have to say it publicly. Um, th- th- this, is a, uh, um, this is a public process. So um, I feel that we do need to replace our superintendent. And what I've identified is that we need to replace our superintendent with a classical educator to go back to the traditions and the best aspects of, of HPISD to bring it back to its former glory.
0: Ellen, what do you believe are the biggest challenges that HPISD faces and what solutions do you have to propose?
2: Well, I do agree with Spencer that the um, the trust between our district and our families has eroded. And so it is important that we uh, work to restore that trust. Um, I believe that that is best done through transparency. Parents absolutely have a right to know and provide feedback on what their children are learning in the classroom. And so we need to improve uh, that, that path of communication and the responsiveness of the district. The responsiveness needs to be more timely. And, um, and more proactive. So the process with reviewing Lucy Calkins and balanced literacy has taken almost a year. And that is, um, frankly, in my opinion, too much time. Uh, so I think that we need to push the administration to um, to act more decisively and to act in a more expeditious manner. And so in an immediate kind of follow on to the decision to pivot from Lucy Calkins, we need a a definitive timeline of um, how we're going to proceed with that. Dates of when we're going to phase out Lucy Hawkins and when we're going to assemble a committee, when we're going to choose a new resource, when we're going to train our teachers. We need to have dates that we're accountable to and, um, and a process that we're accountable to. And then the, the board needs to take seriously its role of establishing policy and measurable goals for student achievement, and then hold the administration accountable to those measures.
0: Ellen, what makes you uniquely qualified to address these challenges that we just talked about?
2: I think some of it is that that long perspective, Um, three generations of knowing what a Highland Park education um, has looked like and can look like. Uh, So I have 40 years um, of being known, trusted and respected here, which gives me um, a a seat at the table that is um, that will be uh, listen to. Uh, I I do think that I am someone who is driven by reason rather than emotion. I'm a, a researcher. I do due diligence. Um, I won't vote for something that I don't know what's in it. And the famous Nancy Pelosi healthcare act. Um, so so just that that I will be diligent responsive to our community members and be that go between that representative between the community and the administration to, to make good on our commitment and our responsibility for student outcomes. Spencer, what makes you uniquely qualified to deal with the challenges that we just talked about?
1: Well, number one, I believe I'm an agent of change. Um, And, uh, you know, my background, I'm the CEO of a national insurance company where I'm responsible for the payment of claims to claimants across the country. Um, I'm also responsible for the growth and financial results of that business. Um, that includes producing budgets, getting budgets approved by state regulators in all 50 states, um, at, you know, and, and also you know, creating forecasts and creating business plans and strategies. And one of the things that, that, that is very important when you're in a business like mine is ensuring that spending is going toward the productive aspect of the business. And, and here, what I see in HPISD is a situation where we're not spending on the productive aspects, uh, aspects of the business. We're spending on, on everything, everything but, and we have a declining spending on our teachers, and that's a major problem. I don't view uh, you know, Robinhood. I like to focus on, as a businessman, I like to focus on the things that I can control, not the things that I cannot control. And I can't control Robinhood, um, but what I can control is the, or, or what I can contribute to is the prioritization of, of of the dollars that we spend, and and the dollars that we spend should be prioritized on the people that help produce the results in our school, and that is the teachers. And there's very little else where the dollar should be prioritized. And so we need to really flip that um, in terms of where that you know where those priorities are, and we just cannot do that with our current administration. You know, um, we talked about Lucy Hawkins. Lucy Hawkins is just one piece of unacceptable curriculum. I I can't seem to find a single piece of of, of curriculum that I find acceptable, that I find up to the standards of the people of this community that our board has adopted in the last 10 years, all right? And all of that has been driven by the administration and their outside lobbying groups and and, and all of these vendors that are supplying this. We don't need to do that. We can return to the traditional methods methods and curriculum. And, And in order to do that, we do have to replace the administration. Because we're not, going to, we're not going to do that by fighting this administration one piece of curriculum at a time. It's going to take too long. And frankly, we're volunteers. All right, And that's a wonderful thing. But we need to recognize the power that we have. And the power that we have is to replace a superintendent who's not, who, who's not aligned with our values. And, um, and in addition, we have a, a tremendous amount of other power. And I understand that. And we have not asserted that uh, you know, over the course of my time here. OK, we all, I mean, a, a board trustee has the power, unlike a state senator or a house representative, to, to request an opinion letter from the attorney general. So if the state mandates something that we have to do or the federal government mandates something we have to do, I will I will utilize that power and challenge that. OK, I, will, I, I think uniquely uh, about me, uh, what qualifies me is I'm willing to fight for the children no matter what. And I won't give up.
0: Spencer, what is something positive that you can say about your opponent?
1: Oh, I thought Ellen did a great job yesterday. I told Michael that, um, and and she's an excellent speaker. I think I really um, I I really admire and appreciate um, that you know her willingness to give her time to the district. Um, and uh, you know we don't know each other that well, so <laughs> I'm going off of what I've seen so far during the campaign. But I think she's um, uh, very well composed, and and I think that she is uh, um, you know uh, someone who's been willing to give her time. I
2: appreciate that. Ellen, what is something positive that you can say about your opponent? Well, Spencer is certainly passionate. He uh, gives him his whole, his entire self to whatever it is he's doing. So he's a high energy guy who stays focused. And last, Ellen, why should we vote for you? Uh, I, I hope that my neighbors and community members will vote for me because I am known, trusted, and respected that I will listen to you, that I will serve you, that I will diligently dig into whatever um, concerns my community brings to the table, and I will work collaboratively with the other trustees and and our administration. Um, In the end, this is like a house that you got to remodel, and you can't take a wrecking ball to it. Our kids still living in it, and we got to keep doing school while we are um, making those changes, and we've got to rely on um, each of the specialists involved in that, you know, when, you, when you've when you got a house, you've got plumbers and electricians and drywallers and architects, and um, they each have their area of expertise and gifts. And the same is true in education. And uh, we need to ensure that we um, find and then utilize the talents and gifts um, of each of those specialists, of teachers, administrators. Um, everybody in the process is a stakeholder and has um, a right to be heard and a right to give input. And so I want to respect everyone involved. And Spencer, why should we vote for you?
1: Thank you. And thank you for the kind, kind words in the prior question, Ellen. And uh, just to, to piggyback on Ellen's uh, analogy of a construction project, um, you know, thinking about, you know, if you have plumbers and electricians and people working in your home or, or whatever property that you own and they're, and they're stealing from you and they are um, doing shoddy work, Um, And they are proposing things that are going to, that are going to damage the long-term value of what you hold dear and you fire them and you replace them with someone who will get the job done. Right. And someone that you trust. And I'm, and, and, and for me, As a voter, I can't speak for the other voters, but I do know what I want as a resident of this community, as someone committed to this community, and as someone with children who desperately want to return to Highland Park Schools. Um, I actually wouldn't necessarily say that the number one priority would be that he's the CEO of a national insurance company, or that she served on all the right committees, or even that he has the, 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 the right plan to fix the schools. That wouldn't be my number one priority. My number one priority would be when I looked at that person and saw the things that they said and did publicly. Would they be willing to go to the mat for the children of this district against any opponent, no matter what pressure was put on? And I believe, and I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to do that every time. I don't prioritize, you know, my relationships with the, you know, with the other adults in our community over the over the needs of our children. Um, and and I think the adults in this community should be willing to bear a little discomfort in order to do what's right for the children. And um, I will be that agent of change um, to return our district back to its former glory.
0: Well, thank you so much, Ellen and Spencer, for joining us tonight and sharing your passions and your qualifications for being on the school board. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank
2: you both. Thanks for having us, Martha.
0: And I'll be posting this a lot up until election day, but don't forget to vote. Early voting starts April 25th and will end May 3rd and election day is May 7th thank you all for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. And don't forget to listen to the bubble lounge at bubble We would love for you to check us out and listen to the podcast. See you all soon.